Hello, beautiful, beautiful people. Welcome back. This is season two, episode three of the Secrets of a Conflict Coach podcast. As always, I'm Hannah, your conflict coach. Last week, we dove straight into expectation management, which was the first of five things that I mentioned in episode one that you can do to reduce conflict in your life. And the second one of those things is healthy boundary setting. And I know that a lot of us have recognized a need for better boundaries, and we just aren't really sure how to get there. But there are also some of us who are still super unfamiliar with boundaries and how they work and just don't really understand how they play into life. And that's why I'm here. Hopefully by the end of this, no matter where your current understanding of boundaries is, you'll have a really good understanding of not only what they are, but why you need them, how to set them, and how to react when they're challenged, because they inevitably will be. And if that feels like a lot, don't worry. We'll get there, I promise. As a lot of us know, boundaries are kind of trending right now because they are super important, but they're also really complex and they can be really intimidating. The fact is boundaries are the most effective way to identify and express our needs clearly without unnecessary damage to a relationship. Boundaries also help us get rid of any tendencies we have towards things like codependency, people-pleasing, overthinking, burnout, all of those things that lead us into our unhealthy conflict habits. So at their core, boundaries are about learning how to say no. But as we all know, humans don't always react well to being told no. So we build a habit of saying yes to everything and everyone because we've noticed that that makes other people happier. It makes them seem to like us more. It makes them feel comfortable coming to us in the future with things. But doing that consistently also teaches people that you don't say no. And it teaches yourself that you can't say no. And it sets you up to feel pressure and obligation that aren't necessary every time you're put into a situation where you feel like you have to choose between yourself and something or someone else. Humans are unpredictable. So we know this and we get scared of what will happen if we don't give people what we think they want. And I know that sounds dramatic, but at our core, that fact affects us every single day. We constantly worry about what someone else will do or think or say or feel, and that's totally normal. But then we make an assumption about what we think they're going to think or say or do or feel, and we act on that assumption without ever actually talking to these people about what they might actually be thinking or doing or saying or feeling. And of course, we can't walk around all the time asking people, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Let me in on your emotions. I want to be fully involved in everyone's thoughts all the time. That's just not how life works. And if you try to make it work that way, it's just going to throw people off and make people uncomfortable. So boundaries are our way of protecting ourselves and doing what's best for us while not insulting or neglecting the people that we care about and the relationships that we're trying to keep healthy. Because at the end of the day, believe it or not, you're allowed to say no, and you deserve to be able to trust 
If your intuition is telling you to say no, if your gut is pulling you away from something, you should be able to trust that and have a way to say no and go about your life without that having a super negative impact on your relationships. So throughout this episode, I'm going to be referencing one book pretty frequently. It's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. And it is by one of my favorite content creators. She's a licensed therapist, a relationship expert. Her name is Nedra Tawab. And I would absolutely recommend you guys follow her, buy her books, all of that. But I say that to say that throughout this episode, I'm going to be referencing Set Boundaries, Find Peace pretty regularly. So if you do want any expansions on any of the things I talk about, or if you just want to know how to put this into practice more specifically to your life or your case, your scenarios, her book covers all of those things super duper in depth. And it's really helpful. I, I truly would recommend it to literally every single person that I know which obviously is why I'm using it as one of my main references because she does a really, really excellent job of outlining it all, organizing it all, and presenting it in a way that makes sense and makes it really accessible and understandable for anyone that reads it. And I know that's going to translate really well to podcasts, so let's get the show on the road. When we have poor or unhealthy boundaries, that can leak into so many areas of our life. We can have issues with the concept of self-care. We might find ourselves in a constant state of conflict with other people with seemingly no explanation as to why. And we may even really struggle with time management or overbooking or double booking. Maybe you really struggle with some specific part of your life that needs more boundaries or healthier boundaries. Usually this is something like social media boundaries or boundaries with a specific family member. First of all, we have to understand that there are a gazillion reasons why we might have trouble with setting boundaries. Most of us are not naturally good at it, let alone good at understanding what it is that makes setting boundaries hard for us in the first place. Maybe you're scared of coming off mean or rude or selfish. Maybe you're just a habitual people pleaser. You're worried about what that will mean for your relationship and what will happen and what will change if you start saying no. Or maybe you just really don't know where to start. Sometimes we hate being told no so much ourselves that we project that onto other people. And sometimes we just believe that there are certain relationships that don't allow boundaries, like marriages or relationships with your children. But that's simply not true. When we shift to healthy, productive boundaries, it's beneficial to all of our relationships and it facilitates unique growth in each kind of relationship by allowing more space for vulnerability and honesty and understanding. But I feel like boundaries should come with a disclaimer of may cause temporary discomfort because almost every time you set a boundary, and it gets better as you practice and as you do it more, but Every time you set a boundary, there's going to be a little bit of guilt or sadness or feeling like maybe you're betraying somebody or remorse. And especially if the other person doesn't understand or respect boundaries very well, they might react poorly. It just might happen. That's not on you. 
the fear, the anxiety, the emotional discomfort that comes at the setting point of a boundary is so temporary and it will get so much easier with practice. And as we see the benefits and the strengthened relationships, but we get stuck in the spiral and prolong that initial discomfort by minimizing our feelings, acting like our feelings are no big deal, like it shouldn't be bothering us this much, ignoring our feelings completely, or rushing to be over it, rushing to be over something before we're even ready to actually process it. And that discomfort, when we prolong it like that, that can incorrectly validate our feelings of guilt and sadness and betrayal and remorse. But the boundary is still necessary. There's still benefits and they still outweigh the discomfort. And as I mentioned last week, boundaries are about what you're going to do differently if your environment and circumstances don't change. And the other people involved are part of your environment and your circumstances. That said, how you communicate your boundaries is very important. There are correct and incorrect ways to express a boundary to another person, especially someone you care about, when it's a boundary that's going to affect them. In Set Boundaries, Find Peace, Nedra outlines four ways that you can unsuccessfully communicate a boundary. But it was interesting because I was reading through these and I feel that the four ways to unsuccessfully communicate a boundary are pretty parallel to the four least effective conflict styles. And the most effective way to communicate a boundary is pretty parallel with collaboration, which we know is the most effective conflict style. For example, accommodators. Accommodators typically use manipulative technique or manipulative communication style to try to establish boundaries. And I know the word manipulative sounds really harsh. Accommodators, I'm so sorry, but a manipulative conflict style is often not even intentional. A lot of times if an accommodator is indirectly trying to manipulate someone into abiding by a boundary, they've probably never actually communicated the boundary in the first place. So things like guilt tripping, gaslighting, pity parties, selective honesty, withholding affection. All of these are types of manipulative strategies, but they don't always come off manipulative in the context of someone you care about just trying to get their needs met. They can be hard to recognize in ourselves and in other people. But at the end of the day, the most effective way to get your needs met is going to be to communicate them. But you have to communicate them well. Some people communicate with aggression. And an aggressive communication style when you're trying to establish a boundary or explain a boundary is usually only used because someone with a dominating or competitive conflict style has learned being aggressive is the only way they can be heard. Someone with a dominating or competitive conflict style will do this because their goal is to make sure they're being understood. It's not in an attempt to intimidate or an attempt to overpower. A lot of times it's actually just I need you to see how you're making me feel. And aggression is the only way I know how to do that. And when we hear aggression, we think things like hitting, screaming, fighting. But it's not always that. Sometimes it's just pushy or demanding behaviors instead of stating clearly what we want. Sometimes it's cursing or bringing up things from the past that aren't actually relevant. Sometimes it's raising your voice, being confrontational. These are all things that dominators might accidentally do in an attempt to set a boundary because aggression is their natural reaction when they're trying to get their needs met. 
But on the other side of that, some people try to communicate a boundary passively, which actually involves never trying to communicate the boundary at all. When we cut people off or we ghost people or we say we're taking our time and never actually circle back, this is a passive boundary, one that's never actually been communicated. And people who are conflict avoidant tend to do this regularly, but you can't ignore things that are directly triggering for you. There just needs to be some healthy and respected boundaries, but those have to be communicated. Then, of course, there's the fan favorite, passive-aggressive. If someone's using a passive-aggressive communication style or technique to try to establish a boundary, sometimes it's because we feel like being passive-aggressive is the best option, similarly to how sometimes we feel that compromise is the best option. But really, it's a lose-lose. When someone decides to take the passive-aggressive route, it essentially means that their words and actions aren't lining up. They're either saying they're upset, acting okay, or they're saying they're okay but acting upset. Usually it's the latter. And this, of course, just like all the others, is not something that we do consciously. But passive aggressiveness is so common, especially when we're trying to communicate our feelings, communicate our needs. But people cannot guess our needs based solely on our actions. We have to communicate verbally and respectfully. We have to talk to them. We have to have hard conversations and sit in emotional discomfort for just a little bit because it's temporary. But that leads us into assertiveness, which I feel like I could do a whole episode on the difference between assertiveness and aggressiveness. But assertiveness aligns with collaboration in the sense that you are expressing your wants, you're expressing your needs, and you are identifying a boundary. You are sticking to that boundary without insulting or neglecting any of the other people involved or affected. Because the boundary has to do with you and what you are doing differently and your mindset. So being assertive and collaborating with the person or the people involved is always the most effective way to set a boundary, just like it's the most effective way to handle a conflict. So when other people inevitably react negatively to your boundaries, even if you've expressed them calmly and had a mature conversation, you've been assertive, you've tried to collaborate about the situation, you've explained what it means to you, and they still react poorly, that should only tell you that they have a hard time getting told no, and they probably also have some boundary work to do. But the only thing we can control is whether or not we fully understand and recognize our emotions when they come and how we react to those. Of course, we move into that next week because that is next week's topic, understanding and identifying your emotions as they come. But in terms of boundaries, we have to know that that's the only thing we can control and we still have not asked the other people involved to change anything directly. We have simply informed them of how our mindset is shifting. And it's important to remember that this isn't supposed to be easy for them. Other people may also need time to feel discomfort and work through it just like you do. Usually after having some time to process, other people that are involved tend to become more understanding and adjust to the situation pretty naturally. But if you've made it this far and have listened this far and still aren't really sure if you need better boundaries or not, or if that's something that's lacking in your life, I will leave you with just one more thing from Nedra's book, a few signs that you might need better boundaries. So as I read these off, I want you to imagine the person or people or situation or environment that brings you the most conflict and the most discomfort. 
And I want you to play through some of those scenarios in your head and recognize if any of these statements applies to the way that you feel in those moments. And if so, just know that that might be a sign that you need better boundaries. You feel overwhelmed regularly. You feel resentment when people ask for your help. You avoid phone calls or texts if you think someone's going to be asking you for something. You are consistently making comments either out loud or just to yourself in your head about how much you help people without getting anything in return. You feel burned out regularly. Lastly, you feel like you have no time for yourself, and when you do, you don't feel that you can use it for you. If any of these felt even kind of relatable to you, and you might be feeling like you need better boundaries, it's probably time to start practicing that. Always remember, if we're saying yes to people or to situations out of fear, fear is not rooted in fact. And it's time that we start practicing having conversations before we assume how someone else will feel or react. And the truth is, we don't know what they're thinking and we can't control what they're thinking. Personally, I'm more afraid of being surrounded by people who constantly want me to be someone I'm not or constantly disrespect my boundaries or don't let me say no or don't trust that I'm going to do what's best for us. I'm more scared of that. So when it's boundary setting time and the feelings of guilt or discomfort start to creep in, here are some questions I want you to ask yourself. What am I really scared of? If I can identify what my fear is actually stemming in, for example, fear of their reaction, then I can process through the amount of control I have over that specific aspect instead of trying to conquer this feeling of fear as a whole without knowing its origin. So what am I actually scared of? And will I give this boundary a chance to pay off or have I already decided to feel bad about it? When that feeling of guilt comes or when they react negatively to my boundary, am I going to use that to convince myself that I'm wrong? Or am I going to take that for what it is and feel it and process it and expect them to do the same and figure out what it means to me and how to move forward? Then how is the most respectful way to communicate this? Because it's really easy to shy away from respect in conflict because tone is a really simple and instinctual way to express our emotion. But it's so important to practice what you're going to say and how you're going to say it beforehand so that you can be confident you're going into the situation in the least damaging way. So next time it's boundary setting time, ask yourself, what am I actually scared of? Will I give this boundary a chance to pay off? And how is the most respectful way to communicate this? Hopefully, you have a better understanding of what boundaries are, how to implement them, how to communicate them correctly. And as I said, if you want any more information on any of this, I will gladly provide as much as I can. But I will also probably direct you to Set Boundaries, Find Peace, because that is, in my opinion, one of the primary, most 
organized, easy to understand resources for boundary setting that's available to us right now. So 10 out of 10 would recommend. But again, if you feel more comfortable reaching out to me and asking questions, I will absolutely answer any that you have in the best way that I can. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, I hope you guys have a beautiful day. And you can always reach out to me on social media, which will be linked in the descriptions. And thank you for listening. Bye.